This is a Hot Pie Media Original. Welcome back to Overcome with Justin Wren. Again, I'm your host, Justin Wren, but get ready for some real talk with Zuby. And Zuby, that's his podcast, Real Talk with Zuby. He's a guest of Joe Rogan's podcast, a, a mutual friend of ours, and he is quite opinionated or known for that and controversial, but our podcast really wasn't that. You get to know Zuby, the man, the person, and I was really excited about it. Um, he's a very diverse person. His parents are Nigerian. He was born in England. He grew up in Saudi Arabia, moved back uh, to, I think, London, and he yeah, is a rapper in the UK. He might be moving here to Austin, Texas, or somewhere in the United States. And we talked a lot about just what it means to him to basically persevere and to overcome uh, and how he had to literally leave his job as an Oxford graduate, then working in corporate, I guess, England, not America, but he uh, left that to, to take a risk, a leap of faith and to pursue his dreams and literally hustle and sell thousands, tens of thousands of records on the street. What do you think about that, Amy? You being a recording artist yourself. I think it's so admirable. And I love that people do that. An independent artist that they work so hard. So, yeah, I mean, that's how most musicians are doing it. They hustle their asses off. Yeah. So I have a lot of admiration for it. Just as somebody who's done a little bit of independent music and it, I, I know how tough it is. I mean, you know, he had to put his own money into the yeah. printing and mm -hmm. all that. And, you know, you got to really believe and just keep going. And he kept going. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was surrounded by a lot of people that were college educated, having good jobs, making six figures. And mm -hmm. he was challenged to settle for the status quo mm -hmm. and to basically drink. Like the how long are you going to do this? Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was and, good. And then you left out the part that he wrote a book. Too, yeah, exactly. Advice. You gave me well, that. Well, talking about birthday. that being hustle. <gasps> mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he signed that he for did. you for your birthday. Uh -huh. I brought it there, put it in your that gift. So sweet. And his book is a fitness book and mm -hmm. it's just like some great habits. Zuby's guide to fitness for everybody. Yeah. Strong advice. It's called mm -hmm. strong advice. Yep. Well, he's a strong fella in his own right. Uh, mm -hmm. Very fit. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Zuby was very gracious with his time. He was in Austin for only a short time for Joe's podcast, everything else. And he just made it happen. Yeah. I went up to Roca uh, where I was training MMA in jujitsu with like Tim Kennedy and some of our friends. And they said, you should really have Zuby on your show. I was like, he's still in town. Sky King, also our friend that helps with the podcast. He said, you should have Zuby on the show. So I had three different people connect us. And he's just like, hey, I've got time at this time. And we had an opening. And so he came in and was just great. I really appreciated his outlook on life and how, uh, yeah, how, how you just need to hustle. So on his website is it's talking about his his latest album called Word of Zuby and it says independent, authentic, outspoken. And I'm like, yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. And his Instagram and Twitter is Zuby Music. Mm-hmm. Dot com. Mm -hmm. Yep. dot com. Well, not his at sign. Oh, on, I'm sorry. On Instagram his website. or Twitter. But yes. Yeah. And so yeah, please stay tuned for this episode. I think you're gonna get a lot out of it. He's a good talker that's for sure and uh just a good man has a good outlook 
on life. So I was excited he came in here and was one of our guests. Me too. Absolutely. um, Stick around to the end. Stick around to the end because we actually are opening something that's a gift for the studio. And look at the studio. It's looking a lot better. And uh, we've got the walls painted. We've got one art piece up. We might be opening a second. I haven't looked at it yet. It's going to be so fun just to develop the studio and have it like on YouTube chronicled how it grows, you (laughs) know? Yeah, I'm I really looking forward to that. Being on Joe's <laughs> show too. a bunch, like it's uh, it's been awesome to see the progression and uh, it evolve and everything on the desk and the walls and everything change mm-hmm. and from location to location. And yeah, we're on that journey. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. So if you like this podcast, please rate, review, subscribe um, and follow. And then also we'd love to hear what you are thinking. So share this out. Um, and yeah, we'll repost that and also let us know in the comments and, uh, we'll get back to you. And also the email, the reach email out. Yeah. Overcome we're at overcome podcast, podcast at gmail at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so we're starting to, to get a few emails personal overcome story because well, we want to start sharing those at the end. Yeah. It's just, just give us, you know, a short thing about how you've overcome. We want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, get ready. Buckle up buttercups. Cause here it comes. Zuby. Zuby, thank you so much for being here. I'll probably add a intro onto this, but man, so you're living in the UK now. How long have you been there? I don't know if I still live in the UK. As okay, far as I'm concerned, right. I'm, I'm done. You're done. Okay. I'm done, man. I'm a, I'm a nomad. Hmm. So I'm sort of a home base, I guess, technically still is the UK, but I don't plan to live there. Again. Yeah. Yeah. How long were you there? It's a funny one to answer. So I went to boarding school when I was 11, mm-hmm. but I was still living in Saudi Arabia, which is where I grew up. And my family moved to the UK permanently in 2008. So I've been there ongoing since 2008, but I've been back and forth between the two countries for about another nine years prior to that. Were your parents, so did they move to Saudi Arabia? Yeah. When I was one. Okay. Yeah. Where'd they move from? Nigeria. 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 Awesome. Yeah. So that's where my family background's originally from. Um, I was born in the UK, same with most of my siblings. And then, yeah, I lived in Saudi Arabia for almost two decades. Awesome, so man. I've had a bit of a mixed upbringing for anyone confused by my accent. That's where <laughs> it comes from. I was actually in the American school system from kindergarten up until fifth grade wow. out in Saudi Arabia. So most of my teachers were American. So like an international school. International school. Exactly. So Great. people are always confused when they hear my accent, whether yeah. I'm rapping or talking and I'm like, this guy doesn't sound British. What's that about? Right. Well, I, I think it's awesome the way you, you even just summarize how you grew up because it, it's awesome to be exposed to a lot of different cultures. You know, a lot of people, I grew up here in Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And probably half of the students in my high school had never gone outside of Texas. Mm. You know, people think, why would I ever want to leave Texas? And I I always thought that was such a limited mindset Mm -hmm. that you want to get out. You want to see the world, at least other States. Like, I mean, you're hitting up in just the next three months, (laughs) right? Can you imagine never leaving the state? Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of people like, man, Zuby, you've been to more places in the States than I have. And I've lived here for 40 years. Right. Um, But yeah, no, I think seeing the world is important. It gives you perspective and it gives Mm. you a sense of gratitude. And I think that perspective and gratitude are two of the most important things that an individual can have. And it makes you much more appreciative of what you've got. You know, one common thing with people here in the U.S., and I think this goes across the West in general, but I think the USA in particular, because so many Americans never leave the country, is people take it for granted. <sighs> a lot for of sure. people really take it for granted. And you see that and that manifests in a lot of a lot of weird ways that you really see 
Um, and even a lot of the things people say when they're saying certain things about the USA, like all countries, it has its issues, of course. Right. But on a global level, this country is amazing. And I say that yeah. as someone who comes from the UK, I'm also coming from the West and the US is on a different level. The opportunities here, the scale of the country, it, the level of freedom and liberty, it's totally different to anywhere else. Even if you're coming from Canada or Australia or the UK or Western Europe, the USA is just its own beast. Right. You're, you're absolutely right about that. I actually just made a post uh, before you got in here and I, and in it, in the comment, I wrote that, uh, you know, we literally hit the lottery with mm -hmm. where we were born. Um, here's some pictures of the year that I lived in, uh, Congo with the pygmy people, mm. but those were the huts. Those were the homes, you know, twigs and leaves. Yep. I lived in that for a full year. Fire was my blanket. Mm -hmm. Um, dirt was the bed, but now we're building, they went from the grass huts to mud huts mm -hmm. to now homes, Nice. you know, oh, I was wow. saying like That's this, cool. this is, isn't an extravagant home, mm -hmm. but it's still luxury. Yes. Right. Because we don't, we're not exposed to especially here in America, like you said, our, our, yeah, our perspective is mm -hmm. very limited mm -hmm. where, you know, I always think that we, we get caught in a trap of comparing up mm -hmm. and we never really have the full picture of, of what the world and what many people in this world actually face, go through. I mean, it's really important to have a home. Home's crucial. It's vital. Yes. Right. And, but I, I remember sleeping in the huts and we ha I had chickens crawl over me or lizards or rats. Mm -hmm. And I, my record was five, five roaches pulling out of my beard in one night, <laughs> you know, but I had a big beard. So it, it was like a, a welcoming nest, I guess. I don't blame the, the roaches, I guess, mm -hmm. but you know, to, it's been a 10 year project getting the pygmy people, these homes. But I, I whenever I share about it or post about it, I think oftentimes people have asked me, and you having family from Nigeria, it's like, I think you have a, uh, I think I saw you have a rapper that's uh, a Nigerian rapper, right? That's a family member. Is that correct? Or am I wrong with that? A musician? Oh, um, my cousin, Big Low, he, yeah. he, he passed away. Oh, I yeah, didn't know he that. passed away last year. Sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah. Christmas day last year, actually he had, wow. um, he had kidney problems. Uh, but yeah, he was a, an artist and a producer wow. out there who, you know, he had some, some big songs over there. Um, yeah. So no, I, I just mean on that, like you, you've got such a diverse in your family background and being from Nigeria, which I know some incredible people, Izzy that fights in the UFC mm -hmm. and Usman, who I actually grew up wrestling with. He was in Dallas, Fort Worth, and we we're on the same team, team Texas. But I think anyways, I think that what you're doing with your platform is helping speak truth, knowledge, and really from your diverse upbringing and all the culturals you or cultures you've experienced. Yeah. I think it's very important for you to be able to share openly. And uh, so I appreciate, you know, what you're trying to do. If, if you had to summarize what impact you're hoping to make mm -hmm. through your platform, mm -hmm. how would you describe that? So I often say a lot of people ask what keeps me motivated. And I, I always say that my goal is to have a positive influence and impact in a significant way on at least 10 million people. Wow. So my goal is to encourage people, inspire people, motivate people, help people to fulfill their own potential and to maximize their own lives, to encourage people to think, not to tell people what mm. to think, but to encourage people to think. Wow. Um, that's great. Yeah. And to use my God-given talents and abilities, whether that is speaking or rapping 
or anything that I'm able to create and build to use that uh, in service of other people to help. I'm, I'm obsessed with self-development because I know the more I develop my own self and my own skills, then the more I can help and inspire other people. You can't pour water from an empty jug. So I'm trying to maximize my own potential and then encourage other people to do the same. And the more I maximize my own potential, the more I can offer to the world. So yeah. that's why it's so important to me. That's why I'm so into physical fitness. And then I'm also into like mindset stuff and traveling and learning and having conversations and doing public speaking and making music, all the different things that I have a talent and an ability in. It's to me, it's an ethical duty to maximize that. Yeah. It's not just about me wanting to, uh, gain followers or be famous or make money or whatever it is like that's a byproduct of what I do but really it's about having that impact on other people and cuz cuz if I don't do that then to me it's like it's like slapping god in the face right mm -hmm. it's like I've been given a very unique set of abilities and skills and even my right. own background it's a very it's something unique i come yeah, from a unique is. perspective so instead of like keeping that all to myself and hiding it away it's like hey let me show this to the world. Let me go out to these different cities and countries and connect with people and meet people and talk to people and anything anyone can glean from that, which is positive or mm. it helps them in some way, shape or form. Then I'm like, awesome. Whether it comes from this conversation or it comes from another podcast or it comes from a speech or it comes from a song or it comes from a book. It doesn't matter the medium. If it helps someone, I'm down. Wow. I love that. It's a, uh... Yeah, it's a multifaceted approach. And the thought that came in my mind was that it's just, I love the, I love the heart of that mindset. I know that seems a little, you know, mindset and heart, but it, it's true. You're putting both together, mm. you know, um, and you're not trying to use your platform just for fame. You're using for impact. I think that's great, man. Thank because you. yeah, many people, I think especially you, you just had a birthday, right? Is it 35? Yeah. yeah 35 and 34. But I think a lot of the people that are coming after us, are seeing so many people that get so many views or likes or publicity um, off of the clickbait stuff or off of uh, just some, sometimes just nonsense. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to have a powerful message and know that it's a responsibility yeah, that you're, you, these abilities you've been given, like there's a responsibility that comes with it and it's to use it for good. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I don't want to have, um, you know, it's great to have a lot of followers and a lot of engagement and all that, but I also want people to, I want the right people following me for the right reasons. I mean, if you just want to get go viral or have some big, you know, there's a lot of things you can do to gain attention on the internet, right? You can yeah. just be outrageous. You can, you know, just stoke fires everywhere. You can throw attack people, you know, you can do, you, there's a lot of ways that you can do that. But then if you do that, number one, not only are you not really helping or inspiring anybody in a positive way, um, but also you're developing a bad audience, right? If you develop, your, if you build your audience off of negativity and, or hating on other people or, you know, cussing other people, whatever, then those are the kind of people you attract, mm. right? I don't think it's by accident that I, every single person I have met in every country who knows me, who's come across to me and been like, man, Zuby, I'm a, I'm a fan of what you do. Or I fall it's always a cool person. We always have a, can have a good conversation. And if I do a meetup or a gathering and I bring together 30 people who have never met each other, everyone gets on really, really well. So I attract great people. 
right? That's something special. And that's something special. So yeah. beyond, you know, the number of, oh, I have X number of followers. It's like, I have this many followers who are, who are great people and right. who are critical thinkers and who are interested in self-development and learning and trying to understand the world. They're trying to do something positive, right? They're inspired by it. And the people who I, uh, dissuade or the kind of people who tend to hate on me or write nasty comments or troll or whatever, that's just a reflection on them because I'm not doing, I'm not putting out content that is sort of worthy of that. So if someone sees what I'm doing or sees what you're doing and their response is, is negative or to, you know, write something hateful or whatever, that doesn't say anything about you. doesn't say anything about me. It says something about the psyche they're coming from. Right. You know, if you post up something successful or you do something cool, wow, look, look at this project we're doing. And you know, 99% of people are like, this is great. This is awesome. Wonderful. Fantastic. And then you've got that one person who's got something nasty to say. It's like, well, that's a reflection on you not being in a good place. So mm. hopefully I or somebody else can eventually reach somebody like that and get them to adjust their Shift. mindset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's how it is. Man, I, I, uh, I heard it maybe a decade ago that the average person impacts or influences about 10,000 people in their lifetime. But that was a decade ago. And now we have all this technology, social media, we can reach much more people than that. But you're saying, you know, for me, you, what you just said, I, I would rather have 10,000 followers that uh, as a community mm -hmm. like yours, we can meet up and have these dope conversations from people all of different walks mm -hmm maybe in the same city that they don't know each other yet, get to connect them yeah. instead of having millions that is, is those negative toxic people. Yeah. I mean, that's a great and, and those, point that you have. And those negative people aren't going to support you anyway, right. right? They might follow you, but if you release, you know, you start a podcast, they're not going to listen. You, you drop, write a book. They're not going to buy it. You release a t-shirt line, whatever you do, they're not, they're not going to support. Right. But if you have people who are there because they, they genuinely like you and they believe in you and you like your message, then whatever you do, people, people will support. I mean, this Friday we had, um, an event in Austin. It was myself, uh, JP Sears, a few other people. Cool. And I was there. I mean, it, it only got organized on Monday and I was talking to the organizer. I was like, dude, are you sure we've got enough time for this? Normally if I'm planning an event, you, you give it at least several weeks, if right. not months. And he was like, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I mean, Thursday, boom, tickets sold out. I had people DMing me like, Hey, Zuby, can I still get tickets? And I was like, I, I didn't even know they'd sold out. And I was like, wow. Okay. So we launched the tickets on Tuesday, Thursday, it sold out. And in Austin, I'm, and then I go to the event and everyone wants to take a picture with me and hug me and shake my, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not from here. I'm not from this city. I'm not even from this country. So the fact that there's Look at that. anybody, let alone this many people here who are even aware of what I'm doing, let alone who resonate. And there's, there's a couple who flew over from Miami. Wow. I met, I met them. They came over from Miami. They're like, yeah, we saw it on Instagram on Tuesday <laughs> and we just booked tickets. I was like, wow, wow, that's so powerful to me. I'm just like, thank you. That you is know? powerful. Thank you. It's yeah. a mirror. It's yeah. a mirror. Like you said, did you see the Conor McGregor, uh, Dustin Poirier fight by chance? No. So Dustin Poirier also, it, we, it was Manny Pacquiao, Dustin Poirier and me, and even Joe Rogan matched their donations. And, uh, for this last big fight, actually both their fights were a month apart, but Dustin said something after the fight. And Connor going up into the fight was talking bad about Dustin's wife, mm -hmm. was talking bad about Dustin's hometown, his family, uh, all sorts of things. And just really negative. Mm -hmm. Right. And man, a, a lot of the crowd and MMA fans were feeding off this, even people that aren't MMA fans that are just Connor McGregor fans. Mm -hmm. But after the fight, um, 
Joe asked him a question and Dustin, a, a question. He said, man, karma's not a bitch. It's a mirror. And I was like, wow, I've never thought of that. You know, you hear karma's a bitch sometimes, but the way he, he said it, it's a mirror. Mm. And I mean, not to, to dog on Connor at all. But what I meant by that was, I think a lot of times when we're putting the stuff out there, you were saying how you attract these like-minded, like-hearted people. Mm. I think that's how community is, is built, formed. And, uh, and I don't know, some of your music, you, you've talked about perseverance. This podcast is called overcoming or overcome. What, what did perseverance, the song mean to you? What does that word mean? Man. So I'm an independent artist. So one thing a lot of people don't realize with what I do, especially with the level it's starting to reach now is that I'm hundred percent independent. I'm not with a record label. I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. People are like, man, who's booking you all these shows in America? I'm like me, you know, how did you get on Roger? Me, I DM'd him, right? Like I do everything from the music to the podcasting to bookings and all the traveling. I mean, I'm starting to do too much at this stage, mm. but I released my first album in 2006. So most people who know me now discover me within the last two years, but I've been grinding for 15 mm. I've been putting in the work for 15 years and I've been a full-time artist since 2011. So it's coming up to 10 years. So that first eight years, you know, that first 13, 14 years, it was just pure grind. Right. I mean, I used to be, what I used to be known for in the UK was I used to travel around from city to city and just sell my CDs on the street. That's how I built up my initial audience. So people knew me from seeing me in all these different cities, literally talking to people selling CDs hand, hand by hand to hand. I sold over 25,000 CDs out of my backpack. Wow. Right. And you imagine how many people you need to talk to to sell yeah, 25,000 yeah, yeah. <laughs> CDs to strangers. So probably at least a hundred thousand, right? You probably get more than for, that. Yeah. More than Lots. that. Yeah. Um, I'd say I've literally spoken to over half a million people. Right. Um, Grinding. and people did, people don't see that. So now people might see, Oh, you know, Zuby got big off Twitter or, you know, the internet or whatever. It's like, man, prior to anything popping off on the internet, really, it was just that hand to hand combat that I was doing, putting in that legwork. And now, because a lot of people missed that, a lot of people aren't really aware of just how much grind went into it. And so that's perseverance. What do you think fuels that perseverance or that grind? Knowing my mission, knowing mm. my purpose. Uh, what I was telling you earlier on in the, in the podcast is just having that clarity of, okay, I want to have a positive impact and inspire millions and millions of people across the world. So anything that moves that needle closer, I'm down with it. And I always knew, I always believed in what I was doing and my message. So even when I was out there on a Tuesday afternoon, 300 miles away from home, selling CDs in the snow or in the rain in Newcastle or Glasgow or whatever, I was like, you know, there were times where I was like, what on earth am I doing? Why am I doing this? I have a freaking Oxford degree. Why am I out here in the snow <laughs> selling CDs? There's so many other things I could be doing, but I always believed in that mission and in that purpose. Or when you're starting out doing touring and doing gigs and every, any musician, especially an independent musician has done gigs where you're literally performing to less than 10 people, right? You travel three hours to go do a show. There's six people there and you rock a 90 minute set, right? And not everyone has the ability to do that. People get disheartened yeah. very, very quickly because people always want things to happen really, really fast. They yeah, like we're in that it. microwave culture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I left my corporate job and some people were like, how long are you going to give it? And I was like, you don't get it. I'm done. Mm. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm not looking back. 
It's not like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot for two years. And if it doesn't, if I don't blow up inverted commas, I mean, imagine that uh, 20, I give it to 2013 and then I'm like, oh, I haven't blown up yet. I haven't made it onto Joe Rogan yet. I haven't made it onto like, you know, the charts. So I'm going to, it's like, nah, man, like just keep going, keep yeah. building the audience, keep grinding. And I was always like, look, as long as I can keep myself afloat, right? I'm never going to be on the street shaking a cup or something. So as long as I can keep myself going and keep myself afloat and keep putting one foot forward, it's like, if you're running a race, I don't like long distance running, but if you're running a race, as long as you keep moving forward, you will finish, yeah. right? You might not be the fastest person to the line, but you'll get there in the end. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep going. I believe in what I'm doing. So do other people, right? You know, there are a few, you know, a few thousand people here are like what I'm doing. Cool. I've sold 5,000 CDs. I've sold 10,000 CDs. All right. If, if, I'm, if I've done that, I'm not, you know, it's not millions, but that's a good sign. Every person who tells me, man, like, I love your music. I love what you're doing. Every person who buys a t-shirt, buys a hat, whatever, just supports in some way. That's all an indicator. Okay, cool. There is an audience of people who like what I'm doing. So all I need to do is find out how to reach more of them. That's still the thing. That's still the challenge right now. It's like, okay, cool. I've grown my audience to about you know, a million people or so online now. And it's like, okay, there are still out of the 7 billion people in the world. Mm. I don't know, maybe one in 10 of them could potentially resonate with my music or something else that I create. So let me spend my life trying to reach those people. I'm not going to get every single one of them, right? but it's a matter of exposure. And once people are exposed to something and they know who you are, then they're, they're with you for the ride at that point. Yeah. I think, I think you hit on something very important there. So some of our listeners, if they listen to the episode with Zach Bitter, the runner I was telling you about, he talked about in one in those hundred mile ultra marathon races, which he does in just over 11 hours. Crazy. Crazy. Or he's also hit a world record at the, uh, the 12 hour run cranking out a hundred and something miles or 12 hour run, hundred something miles and wild. But he talked about, you can't think about a hundred miles. Mm. You got to break it down, uh, you know, into like three or four different sections and you got to break that down. And then you got to break it down into just one footstep in front of the other. Mm -hmm. And I, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro with some Navy SEALs and some uh, NFL players that just won the Super Bowl, awesome. which was great. But some of our guys um, were amputees and those guys dug it out in a way I've never seen before. Um, one guy was throwing up. We were passing around the stomach bug to each other and man, the way that he was throwing up, uh, going, going to the bathroom in his pants and still digging deep and being able to make it to the top, to the summit. He broke it down. Our, our guides were incredible in Tanzania and they were just saying just one foot in front of the other, mm -hmm. one foot in front of the other. So that's what you've basically said. You know, you're not going to be there and or don't get disheartened when you're not there blowing up just right off the bat. Yeah. Just, grind. just keep going, keep, keep going, keep going. And even if, uh, firstly, I, you know, I don't, don't worry about competition because you're really competing with yourself, but mm. also that's good. Even when it comes to other people, you can often win by just being the last person going, <laughs> right? Other people drop out. I mean, when I started making music in 2006, I mean, there were a lot of rappers on the scene in like, you know, who sort of started at the same time as me or were doing the same thing as I was to begin with. There's like two, three, two, three of us still going, right? Yeah, everyone else lasted the rest. Yeah. Everyone else, everyone else dropped out. Right. And, oh man, you know, this rap thing's too hard. Let me go get a nine to five. Let me go to, you know, go get a real job or, 
you know, they got with a girlfriend and their girlfriend managed to convince them, oh, you know, this rap thing's not going to, you know, and they, they went off and look, that's fine. People, people can do, it's up to each individual what they want to do with it, with their life. But if you are truly committed to something and you, and you believe in it, then just keep going and understand that everything is going to take, everything is going to take longer than you expect it to, even when you bear that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> even when you bear that in mind, it's still, it's still going to take longer. So if you're not well, willing to do it for 10, 15, 20 years, if not, if, if I'm not willing to do something for a, a, at least 10 years, I typically won't even start. Like that's to me, like the minimum of like anything I do, it's like, okay, am I willing to do this for 10 years? And if the answer is no, then it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to, mm. I'm not going to bother. Right. Yeah. Whether that's starting up, you know, when I started my podcast, I was like, okay, you know what, is this something I can do for, is this something I can self see myself doing in 10 years? Yeah, it is. So cool. Let's do it. Same yeah. with music. Is this something I can see myself doing for 10 years? Or am I going to just try, you know, try for two years to blow up? And if I don't, then I'll pack. It's like, no, I, I'll, I started rapping when I was 18. I was like, well, can I do this when I'm 28? Yeah. Can I do this when I'm 38? Yeah. 48. Sure. Why not? Right. Let's keep going. As long as I love it. If, if I fall out of love with it, then that's something different. And right. that's a conscious decision, I guess. But as long as I want to do it, I will do it. Man, that's powerful. If you saw me looking over at Amy a couple of times during that, it's because we, we've been having talks about this. And, okay. Uh, she wrote a song called burn the boats that yeah. well, I've been an independent artist, so I really feel you mm. on that. I've played to an empty room and all that, but I, you know, I, I didn't stick it out for 10 years, Okay, it, but, but it was good that I tried it. It fed everything else, but I really felt what you were saying. But that last part, it's like when you fall out of love with it, because mm -hmm. the people that say this is too hard. I was thinking about what, what is it that's too hard? You know, it's when you aren't loving the moment, when you aren't really staying aligned with your purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Absolutely. And I think something that, sorry, I kind of changed the subject. No, it's no, no, no. You're good. Yeah. But we've been talking about it with podcasting too, you yep. know, and just the, the journey and the long road and the moment. And, and the thing is, I think more people need to talk about the grind. Yeah. More people need to talk about the suck. Like I kind of make a point of talking about the journey because it's easy to just start with, I don't know, 2019 and 2020. And because, because for a lot of people, that's kind of where my story starts. It's like, oh, you had that tweet blow up where you broke the British women's deadlift record. And then you went on Joe Rogan and this and this. And so they sort of think that's how everything started. It's like, dude, like there's a whole, uh, <laughs> there, there, there's a whole 10 year plus journey prior to anything with that. Um, and in, in fact, even referencing that, that tweet in particular, which a lot of people discovered me through, uh, when I posted that I had 18,000 Twitter followers after 10 years on Twitter, I I'd joined Twitter June 2009 and I used it consistently for 10 years. February, 2019, I had 18,000 followers today. I hit half a million. Right. Congrats. So thank you. Thank you. But that that's just like to show people the trajectory of how because pe people expect things to be linear. Yeah. And think, OK, you know, if you want 100,000 followers, you know, gain 10,000 a year for 10 years. It's like, no, it's not going to be like that. Right. In yeah. the first first seven years, it might take you seven years to get to a thousand. Mm. And then, you know, it might take you the same amount of time to go from, uh, you, you know, you might go from 10,000 to a million in the same space. It took you to go from zero to a 10,000 just because of the nature of how these things happen. The same thing can happen with income. It can happen with, with a whole bunch of things. And once you start getting certain opportunities and hitting a certain lane, 
then there's also, you know, what people call the Matthew principle or the Matthew effect, where suddenly you're getting loads more opportunities because you're sort of at that level. It's like the, the higher you are, the more opportunities come to you, right? So it's important to kind of break a certain barrier. And then once you're there, in some ways, it gets easier. Hmm. In some ways, it gets easier because rather than you going out and chasing, chasing, chasing opportunities, it's like, oh, wow, it, it flips. There's a point where it flips and then you suddenly can't deal with all the opportunity, you have to start picking and choosing because you can't actually say yes to everything anymore. Yeah. Whereas before you were, you know, almost begging yeah. to get these opportunities. There's a quote uh, among like some executives or CEO types that they say, defend every yes with a thousand no's. Right. And that's because I think they hit that barrier where they can do that. Yes. But Amy was talking, I think you were talking about it today or yesterday. If you see one more video or TikTok or Instagram where there's an influencer talking about (laughs) if you love it, you know, you're going to get paid money for it and just not talking about the grind, not talking, not talking about the grind. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, if you love it and the money, do what you love and the money will follow. And I was like, I just kind of blew up about it today. <laughs> I was like, what a crock of shit. But, um, but it's, I mean, it's not, it's that, it's that nonlinear progression that you're talking about. And we just have to stay focused. Like you mentioned my song, burn the boats. I mean, it's just about not looking back and not giving yourself the retreat option, which you didn't. I love that. Yeah. You were like, what do you mean? How long am I giving it? Like, this is it. Yeah. It speaks volumes about you. And, and it almost sounded like, you know, Oxford grad corporate job, all of a sudden there was a fork in the road. Mm-hmm. What was that? And and can you set that up for us to like go into there? Yeah, sure. I mean, what specifically was the fork? I think when I was in the corporate world, I felt a bit like a caged lion, mm. right? You like a lot this, more to give. Yeah. I've got a lot more to give. Yeah. I cannot, if I'm trying to impact millions of people, I can't do it here. Yeah. It's impossible, right? I can I can make money. I can be comfortable. I can be secure. I can, you know, climb that corporate ladder. All good. But but a lion's I, not meant to be put in a kennel. No. You know, no. just a corporate cubicle or a kennel. You're yeah. a lion, bro. Exactly, man. And I'm creative. I'm an entrepreneur. Mm. And that's just in me. That fire burns within me. So if you take someone who's wired like that and you put them in, you know, a, a cubicle or you put them in that kind of environment, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be happy. You know, I could do it. I was good at my job. But I was just like, no, like I've got so many other things to do. And I also know what I want to do. I mean, by this stage, I've, I'd already put out three or four, uh, mu- music releases and I did have, you know, a small audience and I had been touring and done gigs. So it wasn't all, it also wasn't like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I had this clear other thing where I knew what I wanted to do. And in fact, I think the fork was both careers were progressing to the point where they started conflicting with each other. Mm my corporate career was holding back my music career and my music career was somewhat holding back my corporate career. Cause I was in one of those jobs where they kind of want you to be, they kind of want you to be all in. Yeah. And I think they knew, uh, Zuby does all this other stuff, you know, he's into the, he, he, he's working out and he's doing his music stuff and whatever. He's not like, you know, Fitting I'll, the mold. I'll, do you know what, do you know what, the, do you know the point where I was like, I absolutely have to leave. I'll tell you, tell actually, me. I'll tell you, I don't know if I've said this on a podcast before there was uh, I got passed over for a promotion. Mm. which I feel that I deserved. And when I was talking to the, one of the managers who made the decision, his exact words were, we don't feel like you've drunk the Kool-Aid. Wow. Those were his exact words. We don't feel like you've drunk the Kool-Aid. 
I was like, I'm done in my brain. As soon as he said that, I was like, screw this, man. Yeah. Screw, drink this. Like he actually drink said, I was like, yeah, I was like, he actually said that. And I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm, I, so at that moment, this is like, uh, early 2011, I think, or late 2010, I was like, okay, within the next year. I'm out. I want to get that promotion and then I'm out. So I got the promotion in September and then I quit in November. I wonder what that, I'm trying to remember. There's this movie where it's a restaurant and they all have the buttons. Amy, you know what I'm talking about? Office They're, space. Office space. Flare. Flare. Can you set that up? Cause I, you, you told me the other day. Oh, just when she says he's have like. Have you seen this office space? I don't think so. Okay. He's like, how much flair do you have? She has to wear buttons to her. To show office. like Jennifer company Aniston. spirit. Oh, yeah. Aniston. She's at like a Bennigan's knockoff. And uh, he's like, <laughs> you, you know, you only have the minimum amount of flair on. And she's like, if you want me to wear more flair, make the minimum higher. And he's like, we don't want to make the minimum higher. We just want you to really feel it and go all in, you know. Um, and so she's almost like, like you haven't drank the Kool-Aid. Fuck yeah. off, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. what a gift that he said that to yeah, you because it probably yeah. made you go what kool-aid do i want to drink then? yeah that, that that was a point where and anyone who knows me knows i'm so i'm very very independent minded and i don't like i don't have a problem with authority in itself but i have a problem with bs and i have a problem with nonsense and stuff yeah. that doesn't make sense right so even when i was talking talking about this uh me being passed over for promotion it wasn't about my work you know, they, they even said like, your work is, your work is good enough. You're up to scratch. We deserve it. We, we yeah, but, we, we just don't feel like you're embedded in the company enough. Right. Because yeah. like, I'm not there. You haven't fully bought in. Yeah. yeah. Because you know, it hits 6 PM and I'm like, all right guys, I'm going to the gym. Right. Yeah. I've done all my work, but people want me to sit there for another two hours doing FaceTime and just, you know, just being there for the sake of being there rather than being there because I'm being productive. And it's like, right. no, I need to go look at, I need to go train. I need, I've got other things. I have friends. I have other things in the world. I'm not, you know, I haven't sold. You're not a signed, slave. To yeah. It. I haven't yeah. signed my soul to this company. I'm not being paid overtime. Right. You're not being paid to work. Other people coming in and working weekends, you know, you're not paid to work a weekend. Right. There's no, you don't get paid anything to work a weekend. So I'm like, no, my contracted hours are this. And, you know, from here and there, if there's a busy project, I'm happy to stay a bit longer right. or whatever. I'm not going to be coming in on Saturday. And I was like, I've got family members. I've got friends. I've got other things to do. Yeah. Right. I'm not trying to be this corporate slave. So for me, that was like the final nail. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to get that promotion and I'm going to say I'm going to save money because I wanted to buy. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the Zuby tank. It's like my my van, my purple van with my name I haven't on seen it. That yet. So like I bought that with my corporate money. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to save off X amount of money. And once I've got it saved and I've been promoted, then I'm going to go and I'm going to travel around the UK in this purple van and I'm going to sell my CDs. That's awesome. I'm going to make fans. That's great. Yeah. Maybe young Amy can pull that up. I'm saying yeah. young Amy. Like, <laughs> like young right Jamie, now. but young yeah. Amy. If you search Zuby, <laughs> if you search Zuby van, Zuby van, van it'll probably, I, like probably I want to see that. That sounds dope. Yeah. I know, right? Look at that. You used <laughs> your promotion to get that van. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. That was <laughs> great. Yeah. Because I, I knew I was. Pur gonna, purple uh, Kool-Aid. Yeah. Purple Kool-Aid color. Zuby I love van. that. I knew I was going to leave. So I was like, all right, yeah. let me, let me stack up some money. Also to keep myself afloat, give myself yeah. a bit of a cushion because going in and being a full-time independent rapper, that's not some, you know, it's guaranteed, you know, yeah. it's not guaranteed income or anything. So I wanted to make sure that I had a little bit of a, a cushion there. What I love that. So I'm, I, I fight professionally, you, you rap. And so it's, I mean, you're an artist, um, man, I think that guys like us, um, or all of us have the opportunity, but, but you and I seem to think about it, that we can use this for, for good, for impact, for, for purpose. Mm -hmm. 
um, me fighting. It's almost, I don't know if it's like my camouflage where I get to go in there and fight now. And I get to talk about the nonprofit I love. You're, you're able to impact, you know, you're going to impact 10 million people or more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, just a unique thing to keep at the, the forefront of our mind that, that this, this matters much more than just other things. And I think, I think a lot of times like the boss that said, you haven't drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. You know, I think it intimidates some people sometimes when I see a guy like you that isn't fitting the mold, that isn't just complying, that isn't just, I guess go, you're going against the current, you're, mm -hmm. you're swimming upstream. Mm. That's, uh, it's, it's rare, but it's also brave if, um, if I can say that. Thank you. Um, so man, I'm, I'm inspired and I think that's why people are inspired by you. Well, they'll, well, <laughs> Thank they'll, you. they'll, they'll, they'll find out about an event on Tuesday <laughs> in Miami and they'll fly to Austin. So you'll be here on Thursday to see you. Yeah. It's awesome, man. And I also know that, you know, people watch as human beings, we're always watching what other people do. Mm. And I'm sure that there are people who have inspired you throughout your life yeah. who have no idea that they inspired you, right? Like yeah. you're, you're just watching what they do and listening to them. And, you know, maybe one day you get to meet some of them, but you don't always. And, or, or musicians. I mean, that's one weird thing about being a musician is you create your art and then you just put it out there. And certainly prior to the days of, I mean, prior to social media, the only time you'd really get feedback would be some from something like a fan club or a live shows where people are, Oh, you can now see people in real life and they're singing the songs back to you or yeah. whatever. But as an artist, even in the internet era, I mean, you, you make songs, you, you, you put it out there and you sort of forget about it. Mm. You forget about it. So you're not aware of who's listening to your music at any given moment. You can be like, okay, cool. I sold X thousand albums or I got this many streams or this many downloads or whatever, but those numbers don't really click. Like I was saying last time I was in the U S was two years ago. And, you know, I'd built up something significant by then, but in the past two years, it's grown very significantly. And I've seen that online. I've seen those numbers going up by hundreds of thousands on my different social media platforms. But when I go there and I've never been, you know, I've never been to Houston in my life. I, I go to Houston and I, I speak at this event uh, for Young America's Foundation and hundreds and hundreds of people are so hyped for me to be there. Yeah. So happy for me to be there. I'm there signing autographs and taking photos for over, over an hour. Everyone wants to talk to me. I'm there meeting all these people, older people, younger people. And I'm just like, Whoa, I've, I've never been in the city before. Like I've never met any of these people. And it's everyone's man. Like, everyone has a little story. Like, man, yeah. I've been following you for this long. And you know, I discovered you through this, or I heard you on Rogan, or I saw you on Ben Shapiro show, or, Oh, I actually discovered you through that deadlift video or whatever it is, or, you know, I've just been following your commentary over the past year and a half with this whole pandemic situation. And I've been so worried about this and that, but thank you for voicing some of the things that I've been worrying about and for, you know, encouraging me all of that. Everyone's just got a different story. Oh, I heard about you from my mom. I heard about you from my daughter. Yeah. Right. Oh, let's Zuby, let's take a photo. I'm going to send it to my mom. She's going to be so jealous. I'm like, what, you know? And so <laughs> it, it's cool. Cause again, when I just started making music, well, every, pretty much everybody who knew me was my age or younger. It was really like teenagers and some people in their early 20s in just a handful of cities in the UK. And now it's people of all ages, different countries, different cities, and from from different areas. So some people know me through my music. Other people, it might just be through so what, what I post on social media. 
other people. It's podcasts and interviews. Right. And I'm just like, cool. You know what? I don't care how you discover me. Right. I don't care wh what bit of what I do it is that you like. But if you like it and it inspires you in some way, fantastic. Is it kind of surreal to you? Um, but it sounds like you always knew you were going to get there. But let's say someone doesn't have any experience with that. Mm. They've never felt that from, you know, getting that, whether it's adoration or just encouragement or support, but they have a dream mm. like, like listening to you and I, they want to impact somebody. Yes. They're, they're in process of overcoming because we all are overcoming something all the time. Uh, but they've, they've never felt that. What is, what is that like for you whenever you're getting this feedback, this encouragement on, on your music or the, the truth or knowledge that you're trying to say and drop and it resonates with somebody. It's beautiful, man. I, I think I'm, I'm as excited to meet people who yeah. know and like me as they are excited to meet me. I get, I've even had people like, man, like, do you, does it, is it get annoyed, especially if I'm at an event or something and you're, you know, you're there for a long time, taking pictures, taking selfies, signing things. Some people are like, man, doesn't like, does it get an, I'm like, no, I, I could be here for five hours. Like, yeah. this is beautiful. I love this. Like every single one of these people, like I've had an impact on and the fact that they even want to take a photo with me or have me sign something that that's an honor. I don't, I don't over, I don't, um, I don't take that for granted at all. And also again, it's been such a long journey. It's been such yeah. a grind. I mean, for over a decade, I've been I've been horribly underpaid for over a decade, right? <laughs> like I've just been out there grinding and grinding, just staying afloat, barely yeah. breaking even and just going and going and dealing with rude people and being ignored. Imagine being out there on the street selling CDs. Like I said, you know, to sell 25,000 CDs, you're going to get at least a quarter of a million no's. Yeah. Right. And probably a lot of people that are being rude and rude people, people just ignoring you, whatever. That's why even now people are like, man, how do you deal with the negativity online? I'm like, bro, that's nothing. <laughs> that's nothing like compared to being out there on the street and face to face, face to face. And people are just ignoring. And you're there yeah. like, man, like I'm you making feelings hurt. I'm yeah. like, bro, I'm, I'm dope. Yeah, I, I do dope stuff. Like why? <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what I mean. So now, oh, people are want to line up to take pictures with me. Yeah. Before I'm like standing in the street, like people just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. Just walking by, walking you, across uh, yeah, the street. Like, yeah. you, you don't even want to like see what yeah. I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Well, I think um, it speaks volumes about you, man, because, well, now you get to almost, what's that? Stop and smell the roses yes. of sorts where you get to enjoy the people that enjoy what you enjoy. Yes. Um, and yourself. And I think that's a beautiful moment. And I think there's also a a line or, or a separation sometimes between some people who have made it and take it for granted mm -hmm. and others that, that understand, um, because I I've been around people, whether the world champion athletes mm -hmm. or Hollywood people, or, uh, I don't know, author speakers that, that have, that have really made it. And sometimes you see behind the curtain, and there's some people that just really are busy. There's yes. some people that are introverted. Yes. Um, but there's some people that are almost annoyed mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, having to stop and take a picture. I mean, you, you did it right before we came into the podcast, you know, you, you were excited to take a photo, yeah. uh, with some of um, the people that are helping this podcast. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate that about you because it shows your true colors. It shows the spirit that you have. And I think that, um, I don't know, man, I, I, I felt, uh, I was at this MMA, um, convention one time is at Madison square gardens and, there was a dad and a kid and the kid was probably not even 10 years old. And there was a UFC hall of famer mm -hmm. and I was riding in the limo with them to and from the event. And these people tried to get us before I noticed them. And then they were waiting all the way through it to get us afterwards mm -hmm. in the hall 
waiting with his picture. And, uh, when we walked out, he just act like he didn't even see him and kept walking and he got in the car and he was looking back at me, like, get in here. I went over and took a picture with him, but that dad was so disappointed. He was like, I can't believe this. I mean, Hey, you know, just right now, let's take a picture with a little buddy, you know, but they weren't there to get a picture with me. They mm-hmm. took one. I just remember getting back in the car with that guy who just got on his phone mm-hmm. and I felt like I was an inconvenience for him mm-hmm. that I even stopped to acknowledge them. So, man, we waited in the blistering cold for you four hours and you just said no. <laughs> remember that lyric? No. What is Eminem that? Stan? Really? Yeah. Remember that, that? You know that song, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We waited in the blistering cold for you four hours and you just said no. Mm. And it's, it's, it's about, it's about, it's a father and a son, isn't it? I think, or a, a no, no, it's his little brother. It just reminded me of that because wow. it was literally like that same situation from that song. Yeah. That, that makes me sad. That makes me sad. Um, and you know, I know people get busy. I understand that. Like, I don't know what it's like to be, you know, ultra famous. Um, but I think that people need to maintain gratitude. Like I said yeah. at the beginning, gratitude and perspective is everything. And I guess maybe if someone's reached a certain level of fame or they've been there for a certain amount of time, they may get a little bit jaded and tired of it to some degree. But I think people also need to remember how how do you become successful? You become successful generally in in, in these arenas through people supporting you, mm-hmm. right? So when you get, whether it's musicians or athletes or celebrities or social media personalities or whatever, who do not respect and appreciate their fans, people need to remember beyond just being a decent human being, that's how you are successful, right? That, yeah. that those, those are the people who, I mean, someone who, who will wait four hours to yeah. take a photo with you, that's the freaking. That's the person you go take. That's a photo the with. person you need to take that's the photo the one you with. Prioritize. Yeah, yeah exactly. You go because, out of your way. Yeah, those are the people who you know. I'm sure they've bought your merchandise. I'm sure they've you know come to your shows. They they'll you You're don't standing even standing there with a photo, uh, yeah, like a yeah. poster. Yeah, and exactly. Like, Whoa. And, and something that's it's also a huge. Uh, what's what's the way I'd put it? It's also a massive. Uh, I w- an in, in investment, you'd say like an asymmetric bet, but it's not even a bet. It's it's got such an asymmetric upside. Hmm. Okay. So it might take you 30 seconds, 30 seconds, but for them, even if you're tired, even if you're fed up, even if you've taken a thousand, you've done a thousand interviews, it takes you 20 seconds to take a selfie with someone and sign something, but they will remember that for life. Yeah. For life. They'll remember that whether it's positive or negative, they'll remember that. And people talk, right? I'm sure you've, you have conversations and you're like, oh, you know, what celebrities have you met? Were they cool? Were they an a-hole? Whatever. And oftentimes you're saying that based off one interaction. So you don't even really know that if I meet someone once and, you know, if I come in here today and I'm just a jerk, right, I'm, I'm, I'm not pleasant to, 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 to people, whatever, or you, you go and do a concert and you're rude to the bar staff or the guy on the door or whatever, people remember that and people talk and people are like, man, like, don't book that guy again, man. He's a great artist, but he's, but he's a dick, he's a dick. you know, yeah. right? And, and, and that happens or, or the opposite, if you come in and you're, you're pleasant, I'm not saying, you know, be a good person, period. Right. right. I'm not saying do it for that reason, but if you are pleasant to people and you make them feel good and you give them time and you talk to them, then people like, great, like awesome. And they'll go and tell their friends, they're like, yo, not only is this guy dope at what he does, but he's like a really nice guy. He's cool. He's friendly. He's awesome. Um, it's great. You know, when you meet someone like Joe Rogan, right. He's Mm -hmm. dudes, he's famous, man. He's like super famous. But he's cool. Yeah. He's cool. He's the same in person as he is 
on the podcast or in the MMA commentary or on stage yeah. or what is the same dude. I'm sure you've met musicians where you're like, man, this guy's just cool. Yeah. And so then you, you know, you tell your friends, you're like, oh, this guy's cool. And, and it's both positivity and negativity ripple out. It doesn't just affect that one person there that is important, but it also, it also ripples outwards. And I think, you know, I guess if someone's already ultra successful and wealthy, then they can kind of get away with that. You know, maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe. sometimes, not always. Actually. No. Not, yeah, not always. I mean, they can get away with it for so long, probably. But Justin, Justin's so kind. You're so kind to everybody oh, that you meet. Thanks. But didn't awesome. you tell me a story not too long ago where you were like a dick about something and you still felt bad about it? It's like a hotel or something like that. Uh, you don't remember I'm, now. I'm not remembering now. <laughs> well, you did, uh, but you told a story to me <clears throat> about like a time when you like were having a bad day or something like that, which I cut a lot of people slack. Yeah. Right? They're having a bad day. But you did once and you were still like felt really bad about it. Yeah, I think um, I'm not really remembering the story, but I, I do know that the times that I haven't been able to actually give them the time mm -hmm. that they deserve, you know, some, some guys that are the ultra famous, you know, they'll have like a, a friend or a handler, like a, a fighter at a UFC fight. He'll have his coaches or a teammate mm -hmm. that he can take a couple photos, but if he's literally having to cut weight, other things like that, and has to get on the scale and has to make weight, like they'll yeah. have someone kind of intercept and say, sorry, sorry, they'll be the bad guy kind mm -hmm. of, and, mm -hmm. and they'll, they'll take the guy away. Um, but I do know that, um, I'm not remembering this, this story, this moment, but I, I do know that I, I've really thought about moments where if I felt like I wasn't able to truly spend the time that they deserved, um, that I'm like, ah, oh, man, I wish I could go back. I wish mm -hmm. I could say this overcome with Justin Wren is brought to you by my favorite supplement company ever on it, on it.com slash overcome. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring this podcast, but Amy, I asked you to pull up a couple of the products and I did, I did Good. exactly that. Well, did you pull up the focus shots? Yes. There they are. So the peach on the left is really good, but the tropical on the right is my absolute favorite. To me, this and Alpha Brain Black Label are the two that I feel the most. I love the instant, the flavors, making fun drink combinations. But this focus shot, whenever I use it before the podcast or before training at on it, gym, ATX, or boxing, jujitsu, I really do feel it. I feel it. I feel more focused. I honestly feel like I get in that flow state faster and stay in it longer. I really like saying it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but Alpha Brain Black Label are pills. So it just kind of depends on what you want. I like low grade caffeine, not too much, unless I'm really dragging, but I, I don't like feeling shaky on too much caffeine. And a lot of times I feel like things are just overloaded with caffeine. And if it's not a clean plant derived, caffeine, then I, I really think that that takes a toll on you. There's such a difference. There really is. Mm -hmm. There really is. And I can so, experience like just feeling jittery. bad, nauseous, yeah. jittery. Yeah, yeah. And then I don't feel like that with this. And on it doesn't. Um, so I really love that they put the best of the best of the best in their products and people can save 10% and you'll be supporting fight for the forgotten because on it supports fight for the forgotten. And that's the organization that's near and dear to my heart that I'm the founder of. And so very soon there'll be a, a donate here and they'll match it dollar for dollar in their checkout cart for hundreds of thousands of customers. I'm blown away. Absolutely blown away. And thank you so much. Uh, you can try your free trials there, but I would suggest trying your focus shot and also the alpha brain 
black label. A lot of us have gotten in those bad habits of taking focus shots or energy shots that really are just crammed in there. They're easy. You get them at the gas station. Um, but why don't you go to onnit.com slash overcome and you can try one of the cleanest, best, if not the very best, best of the best of the best energy shots in yes. the world. And they have a lot of cool free trials too. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not always a big commitment. They believe in their products that much to, yeah. to let you try it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a great team of people who I know, trust, love. And what was the other thing you pulled up? There was another. Uh, can we like, talk about some new t-shirts that they have? Cause yes, they're really cute. I didn't see them. Wow. <laughs> can you pull them up? Okay. There they are. Take a look. They have, I don't know if the you can see, the they have an, they have an scroll. ape on a Lotus. They have like sort of a meditating. <laughs> ape. I like that. I love it. They're so cute and they're yeah. not expensive at all. And they're, they're quality t-shirts. We can vouch for that because yes, they're really, really them. good quality. And they're, they're like they're $28. Bamboo, um, I like the on it one, the, that new text that goes across the, it. Yeah. That's kind of like red got that and yellow old school text looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So that's go get cool. you a shirt and see if uh, on it.com slash overcome, you'll save yourself 10% on that $28 t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to overcome with Justin Wren. Here we are about to return to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, sometimes it can just be as minor as an acknowledgement. Yeah. Even if yeah. you like, you're genuinely in a rush, Yeah, but just, you know, like I see a wave, a thumbs up, a smile, just, yeah, yeah. you know, not, not just not, just not ignoring Right. when someone in there's, there are few things worse than when somebody intentionally ignores oh, yeah, yeah. you, when you For know sure. that, you know, they saw you, you know, they heard you and you still, you just totally ignore them. Like I even try not to, I try my best to not even ever do that to like homeless people or whatever. Right. So, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll give money or whatever, but if I, you know, I'm in a rush, like, or someone who's promoting something on the street, like mm-hmm. I've been there passing out flyers, doing charity work, whatever. Cause they get ignored all day right. and I know it hurts. Yeah. I know it hurts. So even if I, I can't stop for every single person, yeah. but I'll at least acknowledge them. Yeah. Right? I'll acknowledge that. Okay. You know, if they come up to me and they're like, oh, excuse me, sir, da, 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 I'll be like, sorry, man, I'm in a rush, but you know, good luck right. or, you know, Keep have grinding. a good day. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'll say, grinding. I'll say something. I will respond to them. Yeah. Cause even that I know as someone who did a uh, work on the street for such a long time, yeah. that gives you that little 10 minute boost of like, mm-hmm. okay, I can go for another 10 minutes. Like when you've been going and going and like, you just ignore, ignore, ignore. Then you get like, you, you get that moment where you're just like, man, F this. And you start, and you start to feel resentful. You start to like, man, people are, I don't like people. Like you stop liking people. You, you get this moment where you're like, man, people suck. Like yeah. what's wrong with me? And then it just takes one cool guy or one cool girl who like restores you know, your hope and you restores your hope. Yeah. And then it's like, cool, that gives you a boost for the next 30 minutes and you can be like back on it again. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I try to be very conscious of that. Yeah. That's great. That's what I love about Joe. Um, Joe's been such a advocate for fight for the forgotten or nonprofit. And he's shared his platform with me, with you, with so many others. I mean, mm-hmm. he's helped so many guys. So I remember many. seeing talking about the grind guys like Tom Segura, Bert Kreischer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Hinch, a lot of those guys um, were on the grind. And as Joe rose um, in success or notoriety, he invited those guys and invited those guys. They did a, they did a fundraiser for us at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And I went out to it and every single comedian, it was Tom Segura, Tom Papa, Brendan Chubb. It was Whitney Cummings. Um, 
uh, Ian, I forget Ian's last name, uh, some really great guys. And they all donated a hundred percent of the ticket sales Amazing. just to do that for us. Amazing. When, it, whenever Joe had that idea, um, he sent out a few feelers and everyone said yes. And everyone donated a hundred percent of the time. And I was like, this is the coolest group ever yeah. to just throw a awesome party or like, you know, comedy show that we were all just rolling our cheeks were hurting and <laughs> we were able to go drill a water well with that. Amazing. I was just like, dude, this is, this is rad. And that's the kind of guy he is that the success hasn't, hasn't changed him, mm. you know? And, and that, that speaks to something interesting as well, which is that I often tell people that they underestimate how much power they have. I think most people mm. really underestimate their own individual power, right? So we're talking about Joe Rogan. He's one man. He's one man. How many thousands of people has he introduced the world to? How many yeah. millions of people has he helped in some way, yeah. shape or form? And in, in his own mind, he's probably, you know, he says it all the time. He's like, hey, I'm just like a guy doing whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not like the smartest guy or the most knowledgeable, whatever. I just talk to people and he, he's how he is. And I think each individual, I mean, that's what makes up a collective, right? Mm. A, a a family is made up of a collective in individuals and a community is made up of families and a country is made up of communities and, you know, et cetera. It's just, it's just groups of individuals. And I think oftentimes people have this feeling like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just one guy. I'm just one gal. I can't, I can't do much. I can't change the world. I can't. That's like, I'm like, bro, you can, you can, yeah. you, you, you can, right. You can't, it doesn't mean you can fix absolutely everything, right. You can't just fix all the global conflicts and end war and end poverty. Just, just like that. But you can make a much bigger dent yeah. than you realize. And by you doing that, as I said, it ripples outwards and people will see what you're doing and you will encourage other people to get involved. What you just said with your charity, right? One person is interested and cool. You bring in a few, next thing you've got a few dozen people and now you've got a few hundred people and then you create something which helps thousands of people. Right. Right. But it actually just started from like one, you just, yeah. just one person's idea and then it, it it spreads outwards. I've told I've told people because they're like, "Hey, this this problem, uh, it's it's too big." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're, you're right. It it is that on the surface. Mm. The problem is seems too big." But I remember I I said I can't do everything I want for everyone, but I can do something or maybe something for for a lot of people, and mm. I can do everything I want for at least one person. Yeah, you know. And if I start there, man, our first goal was 30 acres of land for the pygmy people who didn't own any land of their own in their country's history. Mm -hmm. And we were going to try to drill two water wells on that 30 acre, acres of land for anywhere from 150 to 300 people. Mm -hmm. And the reason it started with that was because I, I held a little guy named Andy Bo, one and a half years old that died and we dug his grave. Um, and that, that forever changed my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't even know about the water crisis until it, kicked me in the teeth and gotcha. slapped me upside the head and smacking me in the face was so real. Like this little guy, you know, and I, I've, just, I started to fight for the forgotten in honor of him because I was like, if, if, if I could have changed this, I would have changed it. I can't change it for him, but I can mm. change it for someone else mm. in the future. And because of the support going on, Joe show, we'll bring it back to him too. The impact he has, yeah. we've had donors from all 50 States, thousands of people mm -hmm. and from 60 different countries. Yep. And I mean, Joe in, in some ways has like the Midas touch where he, do, he knows his impact or at least invites people in. And, and if you're going to do something great, he gives you that opportunity to go do something great with mm -hmm. it. And so I had told him I'm going to go live there for a year. And now since then, over the last 10 years, we've been able to drill wells in like 78 different communities. Amazing. 
uh, tens of thousands of people getting clean water, Amazing. Uh, over 3000 acres of land, yeah. uh, water towers. And now we're building homes for the first time and, and four farms. And man, that impact, uh, whenever I started though, I was like, if we could just do this mm. and then all of a sudden it started to pick up traction, snowballs, almost like that domino effect. I don't know yes. if you've ever seen that picture where it's like the smaller domino to a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger until it's knocking down the empire state building. Yep. And so, man, that's been so great. And what, what Joe's done, I mean, on it is one of our sponsors, first sponsor of the show, only okay. sponsor of the show right now. And, uh, that company though, that Joe helped them, he's helped me. We came together. Um, they're putting a, a, a donation button in the checkout cart for hundreds of thousands of people Amazing. to fight for the forgotten. And they're going to match it dollar for dollar. If someone Amazing. goes on there and does, you know, $1 or a hundred dollars, mm. they're going to match that. Mm. And so I love like that, that synergy or that opportunity where people come together because there's a African or Swahili proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you're talking about with community. And we have the, the, I I feel like in many ways we're disconnected from community, community more than ever in a way that we have our big, you know, compounds that we can retreat to and just be on social. Mm -hmm. But if we decide shift your perspective and use that community for good an opportunity to connect, Mm -hmm. to make a difference, like it's, it's there for the taking and we can find so much meaning and value. Absolutely, man. And people like to help people who mm. help themselves. Mm, right? absolutely. I, the metaphor I've used before, I think I, I said this on Twitter actually and it went viral is that, you know, if, if you are driving on, on the road and you see someone just sitting in a car that's not moving, you drive past them. Yeah. If you see a car that's sitting there and you see a guy pushing, you're likely to stop and get out and help him to push. I think I've almost gotten out right? every time I see someone yes, pushing. Yes, exactly. And if you see three push people pushing, yeah. you're more likely to get out and help push. Yep. Right? So people, if they see that you are trying to get something going, you're trying to help yourself. You're not just sitting there, woe is me, blaming everything on somebody else, you know, stuck in that victim loop. Then people will help you. People will help you, especially in the advent of social media. Yeah. Like if you've got something you want to create or you want to build, like there are people out there, strangers who will help you. People are, people are good. I know it's easy to uh, get in the loop and I do it sometimes of like, man, people suck, especially in the past year and a half. Like it's been, (laughs) you know, I've had a lot of man, humanity sucks moments. Right. But I'm still always aware that man, people are people are great. This is the weird thing about our species is we're simultaneously like the best and worst thing on the planet. Wow. Right. It's true. Right. Look at history. Look around the world. Like there's nothing more amazing than human beings. And there's nothing with the capacity of cruelness, cruelty and yeah. evil as human beings. Right. Like true. we can do anything from freaking genocide to building amazing communities and families and, and countries yeah. and creations, et cetera. So human beings are, are, are unique, but yeah, if you have something you want to do and you start putting in that work, you start putting in that grind, you will find that it naturally attracts other people. People are attracted to those who are trying to help themselves mm-hmm. and trying to build something. And you won't always be by yourself. You'll, you'll start building and grinding by yourself. Like I said, with my own journey, right? Just going out there and hustling day after day, grinding, grinding, grinding. But then people start seeing that, man, this, this Zuby guy's like, he's putting in work, man. He's serious. Yeah. You know what? Like, let's, let's, let's get him on the radio show or let's, uh, let's, uh, you know what? Actually you're an independent artist. You know what? A lot of people said when I was selling my CDs, like, you know, you're independent. Cool, man. I'll buy it. 
Yeah. Right? I want to, I want to support you. Right. Okay. How much, you know what? How much is the t-shirt? Cool. Let me buy a t-shirt because I love the fact that you are out here. Grinding. Young man. Yeah. Just grinding. Like you created this thing. This is yeah. yours. Like you just made it yourself. You're not asking for a handout when you're giving them a CD. Exactly. And in, in exactly. our, in our nonprofit, I rejected the term charity for, for at least five years. Mm. Um, and because I was saying, we're not, we're not giving people a handout. We're giving them a hand up. There we go. And I would say opportunity is greater than charity. Mm. Charity can be great, mm -hmm. but opportunity is always better. And I just thought that, you know, especially in Africa from the NGOs I saw, there was a lot of toxic charity where the handouts would sometimes cripple communities mm. and American uh, subsidized corn, rice from India or China, they would literally undercut the local community that was growing their own rice or corn or beans because the people at the market who got just a big blue bag from world, uh, an organization that came out there and just dropped off, you know, tons of container loads of it, mm. they can sell it cheaper than the guy that's farming it down the street. Yep. And I was like, man, we, we, we truly want to partner with the community. And so that honestly, though, I was taught that because my first four goals going there was live with them, listen to them, mm. learn from them, and then we'll be able to love them, mm -hmm. love them in a way that actually means something mm -hmm. loves in action. It's a verb. It's, it's in motion. Um, and, and it, it takes action. And so what they told me who anthropologists say are the most oppressed people group in the world mm -hmm. or one of, and Congo was the poorest country on the human developmental index, least schools, least roads, least hospitals. Um, and when I would sit with them in the community and ask, what do you guys need? They would ask, we don't want you to come do it for us. We want to do it with you guys. Teach mm -hmm. us how to do it. Mm -hmm. Teach us how to do it. So they were craving an opportunity. If they had to settle for a handout, they would, if that was the only option. Sure. But if they could be taught to come out of it, that's why we've only drilled maybe 78 water wells when maybe we could have done 300 by now, mm -hmm. but we want to teach the local community how to how drill to them, yeah. give them the tools, uh, equip them with the tools, educate them with the knowledge. Yes. Right. And then empower them to do it for themselves. Yes. And uh, I think you had a shirt I saw online about opportunity. What was that quote? If no one's giving you opportunities, create your own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing, man. That's what, and this is, this is coming back to circling back to what we were saying before about people, especially a lot of people in the, in the modern West, you know, in countries like America, you know, Canada, UK, et cetera, is it's so easy to take for granted just how fantastic and how many opportunities exist within these countries. I think that's why, you know, something I get sometimes get criticism for is people sometimes say I can be like a little bit harsh or unsympathetic towards, uh, you know, what I consider victimhood mentality. Mm. Right. So when someone is there on Twitter, you know, whining about whatever thing from their iPhone 12. Right. And I don't have a lot of sympathy for it yeah, because I'm fully aware of the global and the historical situation. So what you were talking about, right? Yeah. Like when you've seen that, you, you've seen it, you've, you've lived in it, you've lived amongst certain people or you, you're just very conscious of it. It makes your 
you know, first world problems for the most part, very much pale in comparison, right? I mean, in the USA, like I'm not, look, of course in the US people in any country, people start from different levels. Like I'll tell you something that I, that someone told me last time I was in Nigeria, which always stuck with me because it made me laugh, but it was actually really profound. Uh, I met a, I met a young Nigerian guy, uh, you know, maybe just like a couple years younger than me, maybe like late twenties who, who, who wanted to, who, who wanted to come to the USA. He really wanted to come to the, to America. And I asked him why he wants to come to America. Do you know what he said? Even the poor people are fat. Oh, wow. Oh, that's. So I want to go to America because even the poor people are fat. Wow. And I was like, it made me laugh. And then I, like, I, <laughs> yeah. I was dwelling on it and I was like, oh. that, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Right. The poor like, people are dying of obesity. Yes. Right. So there are places in the world where people are dying because they don't have enough access to food and or clean water, just very basic things. And then actually in our countries, it's the inverse problem, even with people who don't have a lot of it's like there's still so much surplus, at least in that sense, that you can still eat yourself, eat yourself to death. So, yes, of course, there is. There's relative poverty everywhere. And there is some degree of, uh, you know, I guess what could be considered absolute poverty in the USA and other Western countries, especially with things like homelessness. Mm -hmm. But the difference is there's there's actually there is a route out. Right. There is a way out. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying like, okay, you just snap your fingers and whatever. But there are there's places in the world where if no one sort of comes to assist or something doesn't change or you're not able to get out of that country and go somewhere else, the ceiling is just so low. No matter how, even if you're really smart, you really, you know, you, 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 you really got the right mindset. What they just, the opportunities just aren't there, right? There's, there's not an opportunity. There aren't the resources. There isn't the infrastructure to build something like, you know, you can just build something in Austin. You can just start a business here. The roads are great. You've got water. You're not worried about electricity and all, Mm -hmm. all that stuff, right? That's places where it's like, bro, you ain't even got water. Yeah. You haven't got water. Insurmountable odds, you know, or just this things that are coming your way that just blow your mind of like the obstacles or hurdles they've had to jump, the the hoops they've had to jump through. It's, it's truly what a, what a mind warp you just gave me to like really think (laughs) about that. Really, truly like there I've seen people, you know, starving, um, uh, Sangule is um, a friend of mine that passed of tuberculosis and we were with him for seven different trips to the hospital mm-hmm. with tuberculosis, trying to get him healed up. And uh, he looked like a skeleton with skin on. Wow. And I have, I have pictures of his recovery where it was just like, I mean, just him and I together. Do you remember the filters where uh, when they first came out on like Instagram and stuff where they'd make your eyes big or, or they would, they'd make you look goofy or hearts on your eyes. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a soda with him for the first time. This guy never had clean water before. Okay. We go to a hospital way far away from the jungle and I get him a Mirinda in Africa, which is almost like a Dr. Pepper of sorts. Mm-hmm. It's orange. Yeah. 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 Th- this one was different. This one was, oh, okay. dark. they have Mirinda orange, but oh, this okay, one okay. was, uh, I don't, I'm partially colorblind. So <laughs> I kind of talk colors. I think it's like okay. brown, like, uh, like okay. almost like a Dr. Pepper. And, uh, anyways, a fruity flavor though. And, Whenever he had that sip of soda, sugar water for the first time, I mean, the, the bubbles made him his nose and, and <laughs> mouth, you know, but I remember after that first initial shock, 
just the 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 big bright eyes and the big smile of getting to taste something other than dirty water. Oh wow! And uh, and man, having food for the first time, he would he would he'd bite into it and then just and and just have this big smile from like experiencing different kinds of like food and flavors and spices, mm. you know. And then to think over here, literally dying, and 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 it makes me think of dying of obesity, and it reminds me of I remember growing up and I would always think, why did, why did people back in the day during the Renaissance or whenever they'd paint portraits of these women and they would paint, paint portraits of, of chubby women, yes. you know, heavy set women. And that was a sign of a beauty or royalty mm-hmm. because they had excess yes. and nobody else did. Exactly. And so that was a significant sign of wealth. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting, but it's just that level of perspective. And that's why, you know, I, like I've got sympathy for everyone I feel is deserving yeah. of sympathy, but when people just lack any perspective or gratitude, I do find it, I do find it annoying. I do find it annoying when someone who lives in Los Angeles or San Francisco or, you know, New York or Austin or whatever, who's like from a well-off family and they're university educated, whatever, and they're just complaining and whining Mm -hmm. and, well, this is woe is me. I'm like, bro, like I've got other places to put my sympathy. Yeah. Right. Like you've got so much opportunity you know, and we live in this weird time where the word privilege is sort of thrown around a lot and it's often used almost as a slur, right? Someone's like, oh, you're privileged, right? And it's like, yeah, we all are. And rather than self-flagellating about it or feeling bad about that or whatever, it's like, cool, like, let's, let's use that. I am privileged. <laughs> I said it on my first album. I literally had a lyric saying, I'm a privileged kid, yo, just stayed in the fact. So you can get a better picture, see it clearly like context. Right. And I was like, I'm putting that straight out there. Like I'm freaking, I'm in Oxford university right here. Right. My parents worked very hard. My dad's a medical doctor. My parents gave me and my siblings opportunities that they worked so hard to give us opportunities they didn't have. They left their home country. Right. Right. They left their home country to go. It's a big risk. Yeah. To go move to Saudi Arabia so that they can give their five kids an opportunity they didn't have. Just like their parents made sacrifices to give them opportunities they didn't have. So how can I sit here now and be all woe is me? Right. What would my ancestors think of that? My ancestors would want to slap me. Mm. Right. They would want to slap me. Right. Like, what are you, what are you even, they'd look at what we're doing. They'd be like, you live in magic land. You, you, right. Where's your, where's your unicorn? Right. What, What do you, what do you mean? What are you complaining about? Right. So I try not to complain and I try to use that privilege to, do, like I said, you know, do, do good in the world, like offer, yeah. offer something back, help people, yeah. inspire people, get people to think about, you know, to even, to even just think about it and, and acknowledge these things. Cause once you acknowledge it, then you become so much more grateful. You were talking before about climbing a mountain with people who are missing limbs, mm-hmm. right? Simply by having like being able-bodied, if you're able to listen to this podcast and you have eyes that can see and you have like your arms and your legs and you just have your body intact, that in itself, there's millions, hundreds of millions of people who that's not the case for. It's true. So simply by having that, like that's a lot to be grateful for. No one wakes up and is like, oh, thank you, God, for my arms and legs. But maybe we should. Right. Because yeah. not not everybody has them. Um, I, I remember. T- yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I took a prayer from um, the pygmy people because every day they would wake up and uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a, I'm a, actually a two time suicide survivor. I did attempted, not know that. Attempted suicide uh, twice I'm in addiction. Are, I'm glad you are here. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. 
So there's many days I do wake up. And now after that second suicide attempt, I was, uh, I actually was on a beach and, um, I had attempted by Oxycontin and, and Xanax and like half a bottle of tequila or maybe in three quarters of a handle. And I just tried to go other substances too. And it was a copious amount. I mean, it was equivalent to 80, uh, pills of the strength that I was taking of oxy, which is basically three prescription bottles. Wow. Um, so there was, there was no attempt, uh, or hope that I was going to stay around. And whenever I went out into the ocean and sat there the next day, I woke up, I woke up like 16 or 18 hours later. I attempted it at noon. I woke up at 6am the next day, noon or 2pm, the best I can recollect. But whenever I went out, I thought I was gone and I didn't necessarily have fear. But, um, when I woke up the next day, also woke up to, <gasps> and I was like, fuck, I'm still here. Shit. I'm alive. And I went and I got in the ocean and the waves were washing over me or pushing me back. You know, that kind of pushes you back and I was on my knees and I just went into my clothes and I remember thinking, um, I remember thinking, um, well, every wave that came over me, I thought it was, it felt like shame. Like, cause I had just done that. I just attempted a second time, failed again, 10 years later after the first attempt. And I was at the lowest of lows, but once I connected to one of your words, gratitude, mm. um, it was like those waves shifted to where it was like, um, it was almost like instead of shamefulness coming over me, it was like gratefulness coming over me. Mm. And I remember I connected to my breath and I was like, thank you for the breath of my lungs. God. Yeah. Thank you for that. My heart was beating like crazy. Thank you for this beating heart in my chest. Yeah. And, um, and I remembered back to the pygmy people and one of their prayers every morning was thank you that I'm alive, mm-hmm. that I'm still here. Remember those that are now gone that didn't wake up this morning. Mm. Re- remember the families that are mourning, suffering. Uh, remember those who don't have food, help us find, find food today. Cause they didn't have food for the day. Yeah. They only take what they need from the forest. And that perspective, I, I remember when I told um, Chief Leome and some of his elders in this village called Babofi, and I told them about my story and depression, addiction, and a suicide attempt. When I got to the suicide, they were baffled. They were, they were confused. Yes. Their jaw dropped, literally, because they just looked at me and they go, why would anyone do that? And I was like, what do you mean? They had never heard of suicide. Nope. One of the elders said they thought they heard of almost like a wise tale, a myth, a legend one time of someone doing it some, some faraway place, but they couldn't imagine they would actually do it. Mm-hmm. I remember at that time I felt a little bit of shame about it that I had ever been there. You know, like I'm telling some of the poorest people that I know mm-hmm. that I was privileged and selfish and depressed and, and tried to take my life. And I remember their response being like, if you hurt yourself, you're hurting the community. You're hurting the whole village. You're hurting everyone around you. You're hurting your, you're not just hurting you. You're hurting your family. And I just remember like, whoa, like that was something that man in some of these Western nations that are struggling COVID now. And so many people, I've lost five people this year. Four died by suicide. Wow. Yeah. Four, um, two were in active addiction. That was an overdose. Um, but it looked like it was, it was suicide as well. Yeah. But it's like, man, like it's just wreaking havoc, depression, it, addiction. It is. Suicide. I mean, they, they, they created the situation for 
that to rise. I mean, it was, and, and it was obvious, it was predictable. Right? Without this, self-care being pushed, you know, take, either yeah. take care of yourself, your body, your mind, of course. all that other stuff. No, I mean, they literally created the perfect storm for mental health problems mm. and physical health problems, right? Stay inside, isolate yourself. Don't talk to anybody. Don't even see people's faces. Um, you know, close the gyms. You could don't exercise. Don't like, you know, and people who already were in a bad state. I mean, look, if you, if you're in prison, if someone's in prison and they really, really want to punishment them, what do they do? They put them in solitary. Solid. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so you've just taken billions of fine, healthy people who are not sick and in an unprecedented way, you know, quarantine them. You're supposed to quarantine people who are sick, not people who are in general. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to go too much into yeah. the whole COVID response thing on this thing, but it was, I don't know. Like it was such, it was so bizarre to me how, how myopic and short-sighted that all was, because now when I'm hearing about, um, I don't personally know anyone who's committed suicide, but I've spoken to people who know that story you said, I've heard a lot of yeah. that and that's anecdotal. I don't know what the official statistics are. Sure. I, I do know but, the official statistic before okay. COVID. Um, the number two reason for death in the United States of America from ages 10 years old uh-huh. to 24 years old. The number okay. two reason was suicide. Okay. In the UK, it's the number one under 40. Wow. I know number that. one, number under one 40. under 40. Wow. Yeah. And that's before all this, before all this. Um, yep. And so there's gotta be, something more that, that we, I don't know, there's just so much more to like be able to, to take care of yourself. And, um, I think, I think I really struggled with that. And obviously from, from me just telling you I attempted suicide twice, yeah. but man, I think that, uh, Amy really helped me a lot since we've, I'm, I'm going to marry that woman. She had to leave, go pick up her daughter, but I'm going to marry her. Do it. And, uh, she's been the most positive influence Amazing. in my life. Um, not just so good to me, but so good for me. Good. And uh, I think that's equally or even more important, not just someone that's good to you that will allow you to continue in toxic or codependent cycles, but someone that's so good for you, mm. that, that, that motivates you, that is doing their own thing too and charging the hill, but also supporting you and your goals and dreams. Mm. And um, one of the things she reminded me, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book, but if anyone listening to this has dealt with depression, suicide addiction, this was such a good book for me to read. It was love yourself like your life depends on it. That's the title. I think, okay. uh, uh, by Khalid, I think is his name, um, or Khalil. And, but it, she told me when she gave me the book, she's like, love yourself like your life depends on it. Why? Because it does, mm. you know? And I think now more than ever, you gotta, you gotta connect to gratitude, self-love. Yes. Um, I, I was really good at, through maybe the nonprofit or purpose and passion, um, loving others mm. or even like faith-based communities and, and, and myself like times is they say, love God, love people, but yes. you'd put yourself on the back burner. And it's like, man, like, yeah, I've done that and I burnt out mm-hmm. and it, and it didn't, it wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you love yourself, you'll be able to love others even more. Exactly. And you started off the podcast. Maybe we'll start wrapping up here soon, but you start off saying, uh, the thing about the cup, right. Mm. Um, you got to fill up and pour out. I, I, I didn't do that enough, Okay. but now I've also started to imagine people as yes, there's a cup and, and you got to retreat and not, not isolation, but solitude sometimes fill back up, take care of yourself, mm-hmm. get, get filled back up and go pour out. But maybe we can riff on this or you, you tell me your insight on this, but, um, I've started to think like we're, 
we're more like rivers than cups where when I think about a cup, I think of scarcity or there's not enough or I'm going to run out. Mm. But I think that in many ways we are un- like love to me, at least if, if, if we don't go religious, if we just go to love. Love's unlimited in a way that it's like this, this unlimited source, like a river. Mm-hmm. And if you just connect to that, that love, whether it's God's love or whatever love it flows in and it can flow out pretty unlimited, but you got to let your, it, it actually sink in and go through you and then it can go out to others. Mm-hmm. So as I started trying to think, like when I look at Amy, at least I, I won't say myself, but when I look at Amy, I'm like, man, she's a mighty river. Mm-hmm. Like she's just flowing with mm-hmm. love. It's flowing in, it's flowing out. And, and she lets herself accept it. And, uh, I, I think I, I've thought of that cause I've, I've gone through the cycle of addiction where it's like you, you go on a spree, you, you're, you're down, you're defeated, you emerge remorseful. And then you're just like, you make a firm resolution never again, but then man, something happens or, or you get down or, or you just, for whatever reason that addict mind uses. And whenever you use, cause I've had to go to sober living, rehab, things like that. <laughs> That's like, man, you go, you go back through the cycle again and again and again. And I think that me, I'd go to this burnout where it's like, I was a cop, I'd pour all the way out. And then I felt it was, uh, I'm, I'm out now. Yeah. So now I'm going to retreat. I'm going to use a little bit. I'll get back on the saddle again. And it was just a cycle over and over and over. And now I'm just trying to say committed mm-hmm. to allowing that love in or doing work in a program of recovery for me personally or helping others consistently, but helping myself at the same time. Yeah. And hopefully it can be more like a river. I don't know. No, no, I, I love that, man. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I, I love that. Um, and yeah, you know, we, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I think to be selfless, you also, you know, there's a balance between selflessness and selfishness. Mm. I think selfish, selfish is an interesting word because it has a real negative connotation to it. Yeah. Um, and I think of course, excess selfishness is a bad thing or, or selfishness, um, combined with lack of selflessness is, um, you know, a a negative trait, but you can be selfish and selfless, Mm. right? You do need to look after number one, right? Mentally, physically, spiritually, you have to love yourself. You have to take care of yourself, you know, financially, and you have to handle your own needs, right? If you're, if you're a man who can't even take care of himself, right? then how are you ever going to take care of a wife or kids or family yeah. or commu- community? You, you, you can't. So is looking after yourself and looking out for your own interests, whatever, you know, technically that is, that is selfish, right? You're looking out for your own interests, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not a binary. It's not, it's not that, uh, you know, by doing that, you then also cannot look out from other people. To me, it's, it's almost like the opposite. It's like, mm-hmm. no, by doing that. And like I said before, by maximizing your own potential, and taking care of yourself consistently, getting yourself to a certain level and main- working to maintain that, then you can keep, you can keep giving. You have the resources, not just, you know, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about yeah. energy. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about love, all of that. I'm talking about knowledge, right? The more books you read and the more you learn and the more podcasts you do and the people you talk to, you now have new information that you can pass yeah. and give out to other people. So to me, those things those things go hand in hand. And I think that, um, I think maybe the concept of selfishness or, you know, self-love almost has this weird stigma because people don't really think about what it means. It simply means looking out for yourself and your own interests. And like I said before, don't do that to the detriment of others. Um, but by doing that 
in the positive and in the correct way, you can then afford to and be able to be far more selfless. Yeah, I, I, I love that perspective because so as someone that's dealt with addiction for 15 years, mm. I think that we are, you know, that duality or the polarity where it's, um, you know, light and darkness or it's all in or all out. And I think that in my cycle of addiction, I would go from, uh, I know that before I found purpose in the nonprofit and other things, I was mostly selfish. Mm. And then as I started to change, I became mostly selfless, mm -hmm. but then in addiction to be like, man, I'm, I'm, or not an addiction, selfless in addiction, selfish, or at least mm. seemingly I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually do outright things, but maybe I wouldn't text people back, call them back. I would maybe miss something that I should have been at and uh, have to come up with an excuse. And mm. I wasn't living in honesty, but man, the times now I've really made it a priority where the first two hours of the day, um, is about me. Yes. Is about for me, prayer, meditation, uh, eating a good meal, reading a good book or listening to a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, or maybe just some good music, getting out in nature or going on a walk. Yeah. And, uh, and my day is so much better on those days where I start about setting the tone or setting my intention or, or taking care of me. Yes. Then I can go take care of a lot of other shit and get yeah. things done. Yeah. So man, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for you coming on the show today. No doubt. And what do you have, what are you excited for next? I know you have a, an album that recently came out. Mm -hmm. When did that come out? That what came out, it called? uh, it's called word of Zuby. Word of Zuby. It came out. So yeah. It came out officially on the 13th of August. So Congratulations. Thank you. So it's now available on Spotify, Apple music, iTunes, uh, wherever you get your music, you can find that on there. Yeah, that's great. Where can people follow you? Um, at Zuby music on all social media platforms. That's Z U B Y music. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. So find me at Zuby music. And if you go to teamzuby.com, then you can check out my book, strong advice, my music merchandise, everything's available on there. Yeah. What, do, what would you say is one of the things you're most, uh, either proud of or, or why you wrote your book? I wrote my book to help other people. Yeah. Like I said, um, so I've been going to the gym. I've been working out actually for longer than I've been rapping. I started training in my mid teens. I used to play rugby and, um, that's a brutal sport. You have cauliflower here. I don't know. Okay. No, I kept them clean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's an interesting fact. I weighed, I weighed more 20 years ago than I weigh now. Wow. So I was overweight as a, as a child. I wasn't like obese actually, but I was overweight and, when you, when you get into training, you learn a lot about nutrition and diet. You try different things, stuff works, stuff doesn't going through these different, you know, building cycles and cutting cycles and, you know, trying different training methods and different supplements, et cetera. So I just wanted to write a book that I wish someone would have given me when I was 15 or 16, mm -hmm. starting out training, just giving me concise basics of, you know, it's, it's split into mindset and motivation then nutrition and then training. So just what people need to know about that. So whether you're trying to build muscle, burn fat, get stronger, lose weight, gain weight, here's how to do it. It doesn't go, it's not, it's not a big thick book that goes into all the details of, you know, every single muscle group in the body and, you know, all the stuff you don't, you know, well, these are all the different amino acids and this, like, you don't, you don't need to know all that stuff, right? Yeah. You can be, it's, it's interesting to learn, but I just wanted to aim it at beginners and intermediates, give them that knowledge, take all that knowledge. I've gained through my own training and my own dieting and my own experiences 
and create something that will just help people. Because as we've mentioned before, one of the biggest problems in our society, health problems is it's obesity. You know, it's obesity and people just generally being out of shape, having bad diets, being sedentary, not exercising enough. And so I wanted to do my little bit to to help tackle that. And also a lot of people ask me for advice in, in person and online. I thought, look, let me just make something that I can direct people towards rather right. than trying to give each individual, you know, rehash it over and over and over again yeah. and explain it. Now, if someone's like, hey, Zuby, like, uh, how do I lose weight? What diet? It's like, hey, man, it's covered in the book. Yeah, yeah. Check yeah. it out. That's true. Yeah. So you're an independent artist. Did you self-publish your book or did you go with a publisher? I self-published. Wow. Yep. So I, I I wrote a book and I did it with Simon Schuster. Okay. Um, and, the, and they took a lot off my plate, but man, uh, I'm wanting to, to do a revised version of it or add to it. And I've, I've been asked to write a second book, but man, I think that this just speaks more to your character and the kind of guy that you are, how real you are, bro. Yeah. Just, just, you're one of the realists because, uh, you're an entrepreneur. You just are wanting to, to grind and get it out there and get it in the hands of the people. I mean, I think in many ways I, I want to do a few edits, a few small things, and, and get it the way I want it to be done. And mm-hmm. since I didn't self-publish, like there's a whole process to there it. Is. Right. And, uh, if someone's listening to this, a lot of podcasters are into this self-development. Um, and someone's wanting to write a book. Um, what, what was one of the first triggers to say, I'm going to do this? Hmm, what was the trigger for me saying, I'm going to honestly, one of my friends, shout out to Jose, Jose Rosado. What's up, Jose? He actually kind of kicked my butt and said, do it. Mm. Like, just just write it. In fact, do you know what he did? He told me to start the pre-sale before I'd even started writing the book. Wow. He was like, he was like, he's, I was like, bro, it doesn't have a title yet. <laughs> Anyone who's, who followed me back in 2019 may remember on Twitter, I literally had a link up just saying, uh, Zuby's fitness book. You can pre-order it here. Right? And... I had, I had several hundred pre-orders before I had written the book. And he was like, he's like, dude, people love you. You're, they're going to buy it. I was like, bro, I I don't, I haven't started writing. He's like, he's like, shut up, put it for pre-sale today. He forced me basically. He bullied me. It's hard to bully me, but he bullied bullied (laughs) me to do it. I was like, dude, this is insane. I can't sell something I haven't even started. And he's like, just do it. Trust me. Mm. And, um, I did that. And, and then you got it done. And then I was like, oh, wow. Okay. And then I just had to block out some time in my calendar to sit down and write it. Cause it, it, I started with just an ebook. It's still primarily an ebook. Occasionally I do paperback runs. Um, you know, I thought I was just going to sell a couple hundred copies. It's sold well over 5,000 now without even being on Amazon either. Wow. Um, it's just on teamzuby.com and gumroad.com and it's helped a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Got That's a lot of great testimonials, man. positive reviews. And, um, yeah, it's doing its job. And also I love the fact that it's an evergreen book. Yeah. It's not something that's uh, you know, based on a certain time frame. Right. So even ten years from now, it's still gonna be relevant if I want to yeah. revise it and add to it. I've always got the opportunity to do that. And I can even I know every single per I've got the email of every single person who's bought it. So I could even if I did a revised version, I could just be like, boom, here's a link, download the new version. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that yet, but that's incredible. Well, shout out to your friend, Jose. And then I got to shout out my friend, Eric, cause I got to ask you a question now. My friend, Eric Godsey told me, cause we're, we, we are launching the September 6th and, uh, with a podcast, with a nonprofit, with me trying to make a comeback to fighting at a shoulder surgery, some other stuff mm-hmm. going on. Like it's a lot on my plate, but at the same time he was like, this is what you need to do. 
because I said, if I don't plan my week out before the week starts, and if I don't plan my, my day out at least the night before Mm -hmm. the next day, like things fall through the cracks and he goes, well, you need some accountability. What's that going to be? And I said, well, maybe every day that I wake up, you know, I hit snooze or every day that I, I, I don't finish my top, my, my big three, like the big things I, I must do. Cause sometimes I might put those on the back burner to get through a to-do list of like some other things that are less important, less crucial, mm-hmm. but these ones truly matter. I was like, if I don't do this, 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 and this, then, uh, maybe I'll donate five or 10 or 20 bucks a day to fight for the forgotten or maybe someone else's charity is mm-hmm. oh man, that that's not going to penalize you at all. Because what you need to do is set a 90 day timer to where you're going to do all this. You're going to work out at least twice a day. It basically like a challenge. You're going to plan all this stuff out. And if you don't do it, you're going to have to write a fat check, um, to a charity that you hate. Oh, wow. Uh, it's going to be a punishment, a consequence, not a, <laughs> not a reward. You get to donate to your own charity, yeah. but, uh, but you're going to have to donate. And, and so we sat down and talked about it. I haven't done it yet. I've been talking with Amy about it. But I was talking about doing $2,000, $5,000, maybe even $10,000 to, have you ever heard of the Westboro Baptist Church? Yes, I have. Oh, man. They protested a funeral that I, I went to. It was a military guy. And they were mm-hmm. protesting, saying that he was in hell, all this yep, stuff. Yep, I've seen it. Luckily, there was like 200 bikers that kind of blocked him off and held up American flags. And so anyways, I don't know if you've ever done anything like that, like rewards, consequences for like goals, you know, anything where when I get this done, because that's a lot of pressure selling mm. a book that you haven't even uh, started writing. Yeah. And for me, it's like, I, I need, I need a little bit of fire underneath me. That was a fire to be fair though. Yeah. Because once a few hundred people had pre-ordered, I had to write it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't then just be like, you know, people are there expecting it and waiting for it and right. expecting it within a decent time frame. So I was like, okay, well actually that is the motivation right there. Right. You know, I, I, I was, like I said, I didn't think it would, would work. I thought he was crazy. I literally thought he was crazy. The book didn't even have a title. It didn't have a cover. <laughs> I just wrote like a little blurb of what it would entail. And I had a photo of me with my shirt off looking jacked. And that was it. It literally said Zuby's fitness book. And I was like, okay, oh, people are believing in me like that. I got, I got to write this thing. Yeah. Um, I got to write it. So I haven't experiment, experimented with a, you know, that kind of reward consequence way of doing things before. I, I don't think I... I don't think I need to, right. to be honest. I mean, yeah. I, I could try it, but if I set my mind to something, you're going to get it done. I'm going to do it. I'm quite yeah. binary. Like I, either I really do something or I'm just like, no, like I don't have the, I don't have the time. I don't have the capacity. I don't right. have enough interest to, you know, make me do it. But if I'm like, yes, I'm going to do that thing, you know, best believe it's, it's going to get done. I love that too. Yeah. Setting I'm, I'm, I'm very similar in those ways. And then just trying to remind myself of like key motivations, mm-hmm. raising the bar necessity to a goal, why I got to get it done. Yep. Um, and attaching purpose and why, the why to everything. Yeah. A big thing with me as well is I generally do things that I, I don't do very much that I don't like. There you go. Right. I think that's actually one of the keys to my growing success is I do things that I like. And I very much try to minimize doing things that I don't like and I don't enjoy. Mm. Um, of course, there's a little administrative stuff or sure. you know, tax season comes around. You got to do some some boring paperwork or whatever. But it's always uh, for what you like. It is. It is. And and that 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 helps with motivation, right? Yeah. If you if you enjoy something, as you know, you don't need to you know strongly motivate yourself, you know, to get yourself fired up to do it. You you enjoy it. You like it. So cool. Like let's do it. Wow. Was well, there anything uh, that 
that you didn't share that you want to share? Anything like that? No, man. I think we've shared plenty. Yeah. I think we've shared plenty. Um, you I have hope- a powerful message. Thank you. <laughs> you do. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. And thanks for this opportunity. I, we, I, I woke up this morning. I didn't know I was going <laughs> to be doing this until a couple hours ago. Yeah. Well, hey, so. that speaks volumes of you too, man, that you would, you know, make time, budget it in, or just on the day of finding out about it. We were, last thing we'll end with was I, I got connected with you with a friend, Sky, through email, um, or at least he sent it out. And I had just seen it at night. I think I sent you maybe an email at midnight. Then I wake up this morning. And, uh, I go to work out with, with Shane, Shane Steiner and, mm. uh, we're rolling and he, he flew his helicopter in. And then all of a sudden at the end, he was telling the story about you live streaming okay. uh, from the helicopter, <laughs> I think. And he said, I know I got people saying, what were you doing flying yeah. to this part of town? <laughs> and I was like, he's still here. I was just connected last night. I'm going to hit him up because, uh, we, we had a cancellation this morning. Okay. Uh, one of Shane's, but in my, mm-hmm. my friend. And, uh, so this, this worked out. It was great. Um, thank you. I'm so grateful that you did, uh, share your knowledge, your perspective, your heart, um, with us. And, and I encourage everyone that's listening, please go check out Zuby at team uh, com and, uh, Zuby music. So grateful for you, my man. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. If no one is giving you opportunities, create your own. That's pretty powerful. You want that on a t-shirt? It deserves <laughs> to be a t- on a t-shirt it is on and a t-shirt. it is on a t-shirt on Zuby's t-shirt. And that's powerful. That's something that really will stick with me. So thank you, Zuby for coming on here again. His Instagram is Zuby music. His Twitter is Zuby music. His website is Zuby music.com. And his podcast is real talk with Zuby. And his book is strong advice. We got that for Amy's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's a great fitness book. So those are ways you can support Zuby and we've got some people that are supporting our show and that's exciting. Yeah. Woohoo. So I got a art piece, I believe underneath me, but you've got a letter from one of our listeners or supporters and I've got a letter from the artist. That's awesome. That's right. It's, um, Stephen Duncan. Would you be able to read that to me? I would be able to, and I will right now. He wrote, so Stephen Duncan, he's at, um, S Duncan underscore art on Instagram. People like Justin Wren are hard to come by these days. I've been inspired and moved by these acts of kindness that he shows people. I wanted to show Justin my appreciation for being a great human. When he said he liked the painting that I made for Jade Bryce, I knew it was my moment to thank Justin for his kindness. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Stephen Duncan at S Duncan art underscore art. And then S Duncan art.com. Wow. I know. And can I just really, really nice. say Jade Bryce is my, my guest. Uh, well, I'm not sure when it's airing, but yeah, she's coming out on my show. That's great. Mm-hmm. She's awesome. Yeah. I got to spend some time with her in, in, in Vegas a couple of years ago. So you the, liked it, something that he did for her? Uh, yeah. What was it? Um, I'm trying to remember, but it was some sort of painting. And then he reached out saying he saw that I liked it. No way. Yeah. And now I, I do, we did some movie magic. I have not looked at this, but there is a oh, lot of green uh, bubble wrap that you're hearing me take yeah. off this painting. For the first time, I'm really excited because this can go in the studio. We're I know, just talking it's gonna go in, in the, the intro about how we're read. I mean, the studio yeah. is coming along. Yeah, it's coming along. Have you seen this? You took a peek. No, I haven't either. No, I haven't looked. You had a couple pictures of it, I think, I on your Instagram. Down. No, I don't have any pictures of this. Uh, no, I think it's the right way. 
That's Here right. We wow. Whoa. Oh my gosh. That it's so shiny sweet. too. Wow. It's um it's the iconic picture of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Who's he knocking out there? I think it's Sonny Liston. Okay. And uh, um there's a I might be wrong on that. Butterfly. Could you look, I'll look it up. up. Look it yep. up. But it's uh it it's, it's a, got a butterfly on the left and a bee on the right. So float like a butterfly, sting, sting like, like a, a bee. bee. And this looks great. Wow, I love the colors. It almost yeah. goes with, uh, you know, the yellow for our art, our uh, podcast art. Yeah, it's well, a sunny list, and you are correct. It's a 1960, May 25th, 1965. You did know that. <laughs> 1965 bout between Ali and Sunny Liston during which the photo was snapped. So, yeah. Wow, I wonder what he put over this. There's like a glaze it's so over cool the art. I like that. Yeah, I like how really shiny cool. it is. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of uh, bubble wrapping kind of markings on it, but I've rubbed I rubbed it with my thumb. I think it's supposed to be like a beehive right behind yeah. it. Actually, it's just the bubble wrap. Babe, oh, it's a reflection <laughs> of the bubble wrap. Yeah, but we'll just have to wipe it. <laughs> we'll just I was have like, to wipe what it. a neat touch. Yeah, what a neat touch. <laughs> well, but anyway, this is it beautiful, says and it's going to go great with Mike Tyson behind us. Um, yeah, it is. And you know what? You know, thinking about Muhammad Ali and the things he overcame you know, what he would have to overcome, which was, I mean, that was during the civil rights movement. Well, um, and Vietnam, you know, he absolutely. refused to go and yeah, yeah, really stood up for what he believed in. Yeah. Which was very inspirational. Changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali because yeah. of his religious beliefs. Yeah. And now, wow. I mean, he, he you should interview a Muhammad Ali expert or Will Smith. Maybe his daughter. Or his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, and this would be cool to have Tatiana? here. Tatiana, isn't that her name? Uh, right. I don't believe so. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyways, it's it's something very unique. But, okay. Uh, wow. Anyways, we're making this <laughs> outro pretty long, but I'm I'm so grateful for this, Stephen Duncan. I really appreciate you for doing this, uh, Layla. Layla, that's right. I, it was on the Tatiana? tip of my tongue. Sorry. Um, but yes, this is beautiful. It's a prized possession of the Overcome with Justin Wren show now in the studio. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, we're just really grateful. I mean, Doug does art is right behind me. He's you can find him oh. at TikTok. If you're not watching on YouTube. You really should go check this out. This mm. is incredible art. We'll put pictures of it up. Pointillism. Go to the Big Pygmy or Overcome with Justin Wren. On Instagram. Yes. Oh, it's Or TikTok. Yeah. We've got a TikTok now, which is what? Overcome with Justin Wren? Yes. Overcome Podcast. Overcome Podcast. Yep. And Thank so uh, anyways, thank you so much. This is one of the most iconic pictures ever in combat sports or sports, period. This is literally one of the most printed things out there. And to have it mm -hmm. with a butterfly and the bee on it, um, to be able to have this as a reminder for me personally and any of the guests as a talking point. To, uh, you know what? You have yeah. overcome a hundred percent of your darkest days. Yeah. Um, now it's time to shine our light and share our love with the world. So thank you for tuning in. Please go to uh overcomepodcast.com where you can find it on Fight for the Forgotten and wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Apple Podcast, please leave us a review. Follow us, subscribe to the yeah, show. Yeah, hit that five stars. Yeah. Helps Thank us you. out so much. It does. So. Really trying to grow this. And please, again, on it is the sponsor of the show. Mm -hmm. You can uh, you can go support them and support me and support your own health and wellness and get ten percent off by using um, on it dot com slash overcome or the code overcome 
And also thank you to Hot Pie Studios or Hot Pie Media for the studio and for helping us produce yeah. this podcast. Colton, you're back there. You don't have a microphone, but thank you, brother. He needs one. He's given I'm us still, uh, I'm his plug for sign. that. Love you, brother. Uh, what else do we need to, anything else we need to add before we go? I don't think so. Thank you, Zuby. Thank and you, thank Zuby. you thank so you much to the listeners because this show, it, it literally doesn't happen without you, without you tuning in. And so I want this to be one of the most meaningful podcasts in the world. I think it's going to be. I believe it's going to be. That's my goal. With your help, we're going to do it. Amy believes in it. Remember. Remember. You've overcome. Remember, you've overcome 100% of your darkest days. <laughs> Absolutely. You, me, we. So thank you. Rise up and overcome. Hey, don't forget to send your overcome stories to overcomepodcast at gmail.com. And also rate, review, subscribe, and follow Overcome with Justin Wren.